0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Last night we were waiting for 12, I was getting tired physically, been um, up early and all that. And um, But you know, to see your children be blessed with presents, giving gifts, pre- the children giving gifts to each other, there was a lot of... All the children were giving gifts, gifts to each other. Just a beautiful, beautiful time to see the joy of giving gifts out of love, and even the specificness of knowing what a person really, really wants and, and really wanting to fulfill that. Not just for the sake of it, you know, seeing that love um, in your family. But I just want to remind us, and I know we know this. And this, why do I mean? We obviously give gifts to each other this time of the year because God the Father gave the greatest gift that He could ever have given. Mankind. Think about the greatest gift. He actually gave his own son and his son willingly gave his own life as a gift of salvation. See, when you understand salvation, the way salvation is actually, needs to be understood, you realize that you can't accept it any other way except through a gift. And if you don't understand that concept or that even that understanding of actually it is a gift then you don't understand salvation because a lot of people out there don't understand salvation they don't understand they need a lot of people don't even know they need salvation that's that's where it starts that that you needed a savior i needed a savior humanity needed a savior full stop you know why because you and i could never No matter what you've done, I don't care how good you lived your life, how good you think you lived your life, when you stand before God, you were never going to get into heaven in your own merit, your own good works, your own goodness. No human being would have. So that's already the need of salvation. That's already starting to understand the fact that we actually need salvation because that's the first step towards accepting the gift of salvation, actually believing you need it. God is so good, He knew you couldn't do it in your own strength. He knew you can't get yourself out of this mess. God created Adam and Eve perfect. It's not a fairy tale story. God breathed into man His own breath. Formed Him from the earth. Magnificent in creation. He was the crown of creation because God created the whole universe, the stars, the galaxies, the sun, the moon, the earth. I mean, God spoke it all into existence. Is so powerful. And God formed man with his hands, not with his mouth, with his hands from the earth. Magnificent, but he's not alive. He's not breathing. And God had to breathe into him the breath of life. The very spirit of man, the very breath of man, the actual spirit came from God. We're made in his image. We're made in his likeness. We have a free will. But in that, I don't want to go into this too long, but I want us to understand the need of salvation. We were made in God's image, we are made in God's likeness. What is, the Bible says we're made in His image, in His likeness. We reflect exactly who God is without sin. We, we walked in the love that He walked in. We walked in the faith that He could walk in. We walked in the joy that He would walk in. Before the fall, before the separation, before we lost the presence of God, before we were separated from God, we were made in His image. We could walk like God, as sons and daughters of God. We were His offspring. We came from Him. We were born of God. We had a free will. We never knew depression. We never knew anxiety. We never knew worry. We never knew fear. We didn't know guilt. We didn't know shame. We didn't know condemnation. None of that was in humanity when God breathed into us. We were in absolute union, in fellowship, connection, oneness with God. Peace with God means to be made one with God. The word peace is to be made one in the Greek and the Hebrew. We lost it when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's word. God wants only the best for us. So when God asks us to do something, it's never a hidden agenda because it's, oh, something's really good for you there, but I don't want you to have it. God's just good all the time. God is extremely, eternally good absolutely I'm telling you completely good the world don't realize how good God is if the world got a glimpse of how good God is we'd have a line out there for thousands of thousands of thousands of millions of people can't wait to hear about how good God is but that just shows you the reality that people don't realize how good God is and when God says don't touch this tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the day you eat of that you will surely die You can eat every other tree in the garden. There's so many good things I've given you to to enjoy. Magnificent trees to enjoy the fruit and the beautifulness of it. This tree is off limits for a reason and a purpose. I believe that represented, that tree represented mankind doing their own thing. Mankind saying, no, I don't want to follow you. I don't believe that you want the best for us. I'm going to do my own thing. What I see looks more Um, important, more better, uh, better, it's wrong English, better, it's going to fulfill my joy better, than what you're saying. I'm actually, to to disobey God is actually to say, I don't believe you. I don't think you want the best for me. In the act of that disobedience, they lost the presence of God. Because God says, in the day you eat of it, you would surely die. They did not physically die for many, many years later. They spiritually died. They lost the presence of God. They were separated. God had to leave them. Their spirit, if it was bright light, which it was, full of God, it became dark. It was still there, but now there's darkness there. Guilt, shame, fear. Hatred came in. Selfishness came in. Pride came in. Shame and and condemnation is an ugly thing. Condemnation is where we beat ourselves up. We put ourselves down. We don't even need the devil's help. We just put ourselves down. Fear is gripping. Fear, the Bible says, has torment. It torments a soul when you're in fear. The fear of not being loved. The fear of rejection. Even the fear of not knowing God. The fear of not knowing what's going to happen after you die. The fear of not even understanding how much God loves you. Because once you if you don't know how much God loves you, you're in fear. You don't realize how devastating the sin disease is to humanity. Because you're born in it and you just grew up in it and you're so used to it. And you think, well, everyone's in darkness. But if everyone lived in a big, black, dark castle, everyone was born in this big, black, it's as big as a city. I mean, it's magnificently large. Millions upon millions and millions. So let's say it's as large as 20 million people. But it's pitch black, no windows to the outside world. It's just pitch black. You're born in it. And you learn to crawl, walk, eat, talk, spe- speak, everything like that in pitch blackness darkness, you can't even see the hand in front of you, but that's the world, everyone's living in it, and someone comes from the outside world, we know who he is, Jesus comes, and he says, you can know God, you can be born again, you can be born from above, and you can see the light, because when you read the word, if you go to God, the gospel of John, I love this, it's so powerful, But so many people read and don't understand the reality. Everything I'm talking to you, I'm telling you is reality. It's not a nice message. It's not a a feel-good message. I feel good about it. You and I will one day stand before God. And you will give account of your own life. If you just believe that, you would dread to face God without Jesus. Because none of us can. I cannot stand before God without Jesus. But Leah, you're a preacher. You've preached for many years. That doesn't give me the right to stand before God. Doesn't matter how much I tried to clean my life up and how good I'm trying to live my life, that doesn't give me the right to stand before God. The only thing that gives me the right to stand before God is God's mercy and grace when He extended His love dying on the cross in my place. And whosoever believes in Him will be forgiven, will have right standing with God. You accept this gift, does that make sense? But there has to be a transaction of faith, not just head knowledge, not just I, I accept that here, I believe that here, I understand that here, and then our lifestyle doesn't measure up with the reality of what God did for us. Please hear my heart. I'm saying this, what I'm saying, because I love you so dearly. I love and I feel and I sense deeply God's eternal love for every one of us. Every one of us is so valuable before God. Humanity, you know, people, we, mankind, we put value on people's, um, we we put different values on people, usually based on what you can get out of them, which is sad and wicked and twisted. What you can get out of them. So it depends on what connection they have, what open, open door they might give you, how much money they have, how much, how much status they have, how much power they have, how much everything they have. So we place value on person. So if they don't have status, value, money, and, and, and maybe, you know, because I've been to India many times, they've got caste systems. We've got our own caste systems in the West. But God values everyone exactly the same because you're just so valuable. Before his eyes, he's deeply, internally in love with every one of you. Now, you might not even feel that value, but he values you and he loves you. He, valued you. he valued you enough that I believe this with all my heart. If you're the only person left on this planet, Jesus would have been born, lived a perfect life, which he did for 33 years, and died that cruel death on the cross just to become sin for you. And to accept the judgment of God, take the penalty for you. That's what he did on the cross. He was judged as if he was the sinner, yet he never sinned. Him who knew no sin became sin on the cross, the Bible says, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We didn't commit righteousness, we became righteous. Jesus never committed sin, he became sin. It's an exchange. God's wisdom in God's legal justice system. I mean, it's legally a contract. God had to make a legal covenant and contract and never break his word to redeem mankind. And he did it in Jesus. Amen? It's good news because it's free. It's good news because it's a gift. It's free, but it cost him everything. So it doesn't mean it's, oh, it's, just, it, it's nothing, you can accept it if you want, if you don't have to, it's up to you. No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of consequence, it's an eternal consequence actually, if we don't accept him into our life through relationship. Okay? Relationship. We're not talking about religion. Again, if you just put us all in the one boat, oh no, you're all about religion, we're not about religion, we're about relationship with Jesus. Religion killed Jesus. Religion crucified Jesus. It really did. Man-made religion that got into what we would call legalism and all man-made rules that were not from God's heart that we read in the Word of God. Just some few words here, which are powerful words from God. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, when I think about in the beginning, I think when nothing was created, when there was only God, because God's eternal. He's the only being who was not created. He was eternal. He created angels. He created the universe, the stars, the heaven. He created the earth, mankind. In the beginning, when there was nothing but God himself, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos. The Logos was with God and the Logos was God. He now it puts a person to this Logos, the Word. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. So it just refers to him as a person. And, and in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And it says nothing was made that was made Except through Him. In Him, talking about in this Word and in God. And we know later, just so that you, in on this story, in verse 14, just to give you a little glimpse of the Word of God. It says in verse 14, And the Word, remember it was, the Word was God, the Logos, the Word, the Logos, became flesh. So we know it was Jesus. How do we know? It says, He became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we know that the Word became flesh in Jesus. In a sense, in reality, God became a man. God walked among us. In Jesus, God sent His Son. I mean, God became a man. He put on flesh. God put on flesh. Made Himself vulnerable, totally vulnerable to become a baby. For the redemption of humanity to buy us back. The word redemption means to buy us back, to bring us back to himself. God did it all. That's the good news. He did it before you even knew you needed it done. I didn't know I needed a savior. God had it all planned, had already done it 2,000 years ago. I just needed to hear the good news that it's done. The contract's done. The covenant's signed by his blood. I just have to accept it. That's good news. It says, in Him was life. I, I don't know if you really believe. Do, do I believe? Do you believe that in Him was life? Because everyone's looking for real life. Everyone's out there looking for life. They want to live life the, the way we're supposed to. They want to live life to its fullness. But we find out here that in Him was life. We think life's out there somewhere. Just enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your here and now. Enjoy your flesh now. Enjoy your emotions, your desires. Just, if it feels good, do it. We think that's life. I'm telling you now, that's not life. If you understand the nature of sin, it's like a fish in the water and you see a, a prawn. <sighs> prawn. <laughs> and didn't realize someone's fishing up there with a deadly hook behind the prawn. It looks beautiful. It looks tasty. It looks, this is going to be scrumptious. I'm going to love it. And there's a hook and you're going up. That's the nature of sin. It looks good until you take a bite, and there's always consequences to sin. Because sin's not God's best for you. We think, again, again, we think, but, but, but um, God doesn't want us to sin because He, does, uh, he, he wants to take our, our pleasure. No way. He wants to give you pleasure. In Him was life. In Him was life. And then it goes on to say, and the life was the light of men. So when Jesus came to the earth, it was full of darkness. He was the light. Remember that big, big, black, dark, massive city castle that everyone's born in and you don't even know the difference? So if someone says, do you want to see the light to someone that was living all their life in this big, black, dark city castle? Everyone lives that way. You'd go, what? What's light? What is light? Do you want to be free? Free? What do you mean free? We're all free. Everyone lives like this. We're free. You can't tell me I'm not free. I live like everybody else. I'm free. Now, do you really want to be free? Free? Do you want to have a relationship with God? Do you want to see the sunrise? Do you want to see the sun? Do you want to see the hills? Do you want to see the mountains? Do you want to see the lakes? Do you want to see the rivers? What are you talking about? You're crazy. You're literally crazy. That's what you would say because you've never experienced it or seen it. Try to explain to a blind man what the, how the rainbow looks. He's never seen color ever in his life. Try to explain to it. You can't. And that's what it is, to be born again. It's like trusting that person that's come from outside. And I go, and he goes, hold, hold my hand. Come and follow me. Just follow. Just trust me. But what do you mean trust you? Everyone's like this. Trust me. And if you've got the faith to trust, it's always the faith. You grab his hand. It's Jesus. And he, he opens up. You Imagine this. It's a little bit like this. This is a very dark painted room. And if you turn off the light, it'll be pitch black. And we'll be living like that all our life. All of a sudden, you open up the door and you see the sunlight, and you see mountains, and hills, and flowers, and animals, and birds singing, and you say, what? There's a world out here like this? Until you experience it, you don't know. I'm just trying to give us an understanding in our heads. That's what it's like to be born from above, born from God. It actually says here, That Jesus, there was a man, and he goes, no, so here, and, and the light shines in the darkness, that's Jesus coming into this earth, shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Something about darkness can't comprehend the light. So many people hear the gospel, they don't comprehend it. They hear the good news, they still don't get it. Here it's a free gift. What? I don't get it. I don't understand. I thought I have to do something. What do I have to do? I'm sure I have to do something to receive this. I have to, because all our life we've been trying to do something, be good, and you'll get the rewards. And God's saying, just accept what I've done for you. It's the transaction of faith in your heart that changes your spirit that was dead to God, that gets resurrected and comes alive to God. It's the faith to believe He did it all for you. That's it. Not religion, not rules. But I don't have to change my life. I don't have to do this and give up that and do this. And... The transaction changes you of faith because it's a resurrection. Something actually happens inside of you. And your heart changes. Your nature changes. You're no longer sinful in your spirit. It actually has the nature of God. Yeah, the Bible says it's a new creation that happens in here. And now you've got a new heart that can live out what He wants of you. That's the best life for you in relationship with Him. It says, the darkness didn't comprehend it. It means the darkness cannot take a hold of the light. It, it didn't get it. It didn't grab it. It can't receive it. You turn on the light, darkness never wins, does it? You don't even have a fight between darkness and light. And the, light, oh, the, light oh, the light lost this time, darkness just won. Every time you turn the light on, the darkness leaves. There's no connection. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. It's talking about the John the Baptizer. This this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light. I love the way it says the light that all through him might believe. Anyone that all through him the light Jesus might believe. All might believe. He was not that light. Talking about John was not that light. That's been Jesus, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. God's intention that he wants to give true light to every man, right? He was in the world and the world was made through him, talking about Jesus because he was the word, and the world did not know him. Imagine that. He was in the world, but the world did not know. Imagine being God becoming a man and the world did not know you. So, what happened to him? He came to his own and his own did not receive him. I mean, I could say, I wrote down, and his own crucified him. His own people crucified him. You know, I could never be like that. I would never be that wicked person. You know, if that was you back then in those days and you were the soldier or you were the Pharisee or you were the... You would, the same crowd that said, Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord to Jerusalem. The same crowd said, crucify him. Same crowd were turned by the Pharisees and religious leaders. The same shouting crowd that said, Hosanna, come in the name of the Lord. woo Yeah. Deliver us. Yes. Us. Deliver us. It's all them. Same crowd said, crucify him. He came to His own. His own did not receive Him. But, look at this, guys. This is a good promise for every single one of us. But as many as received Him, as many as received, all you have to do is receive. To them, He gave the right to become children of God. What does it mean to have the right, the ability, the authority to, be, to become children of God? To those who believe in His name. All we have to do is believe in His name and what His name did for us on the cross. Who, listen to this guys, who were born not of blood. These people that believe in His name were born not of blood. Were born not of the will of the flesh. Were born born not of the will of man. That's your own strength, your own will. But born of God. Born of God. Now, I've just literally introduced the subject of actually being born from God. Nicodemus came to Jesus by nighttime. He's too afraid to go during the day. He's a Pharisee. He's a religious leader. He's a teacher. Everyone respected him. But he knew Jesus had something. Everybody didn't. He knew he was the light of the world. So Nicodemus comes to him by nighttime and says, Jesus, we know that you're a man of God. No one can do the miracles that you do unless God is actually with him. We've seen you heal lepers. We've seen you heal blind people. We know you have a connection. Not just a connection, you have an absolute relationship with God. God's inside you. And Jesus says, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, what are you talking about, Jesus? Can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again as a man? I mean, that's, Jesus says, no, that which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. And he says again, unless, when he goes, marvel not. That means to me, like in our terminology, don't freak out. When I say to you, you must be born again, or else you cannot see or enter the kingdom of heaven. The word born again means born from above, born from God, as we read. What does that mean? Your spirit that's dead has to have a new nature, has to be born again. How does it happen? By hearing the good news and actually accepting it by faith. Not when you feel, oh, but when I feel forgiven, then I'll believe it. Believe what He says about you. He says, I forgive you completely because of what Jesus did on the cross. If Jesus walked into this room, I'm his representative. I'm his ambassador. If you're a believer, you're his ambassador. And our message comes from him. And if he walked into this room, he'd say, if you believe in me, I forgive you of everything you've ever done. And you have a relationship with me forever. And I'm telling you, can I tell you the very reason why Jesus died on the cross, the very reason why God sent his son as the gift was so that he could be reunited with you. So God can actually make his home. Please don't. Think this is a nice Merry Christmas message. He can God actually wants to make his home inside of you everywhere you go, not just on Sundays, not just when I go to church, or when I read the Bible, or when I go to a connect group or Bible study, but every single day he just wants to live, makes makes his home here, and that's he did it all for us. Free gift and you, you really get it when you believe and you need to surrender your life his life is way better than your life you could ever plan for I'm telling you now you can have the greatest plans for your life you think you know what, what you'd know, be in the driver's seat but he has the best plan for your life absolute best thanks, Danny. absolute best plan so I'm going to give you a quick I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to him if you haven't already it means to surrender and you might have heard this message. You might have, I know this message. I know this, this is true. I know. But you're never actually accepted, actually received, actually given up your right to your life. It might sound harsh, but we're owned by Him. so the Bible says. You don't even own yourself. But it's a beautiful ownership because He's a beautiful Father. And you willingly give your life to him it's a beautiful thing surrender is the most beautiful thing you could do because one day bible says every knee one day every knee will bow one day every single person on this planet even if they say i'm an atheist i don't believe there's a god that will never happen no, no, it doesn't matter what they say this reality will happen because the bible tells us clearly i've been living the word and i've seen the word works how do you know how do you have so much faith because I've seen it work seen miracles seen healings seen God do so many things that only God can do answered prayers all these things that only God could have done I'm convinced fully convinced when I die I'm going to heaven not afraid whatsoever of death not afraid what's going to happen to the world not afraid if it's the end of the world next year I'm I'm being honest you need to be absolutely at peace at peace you're not living for this world, you're living for him and eternal life. Heaven's a real place. It's a home of Jesus, it's a home of God, and he wants you to be there. So one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of the Father. Whether you realize or whether you want or not, you will do that. It'll be an automatic response when you stand before the glory of God. We'd have a clue how glorious he is. He's no longer the suffering servant. He's the king of all kings, the lord of all lords. Bit, I don't know if I should share this, but um, I've been reading the word for such a long time 30 something years, 33 years, whatever it is, and I never understood. This particular script I'm trying to get it and understand. I've read it all over the I, I, so many scriptures say the same thing. In the last day when Jesus comes back, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not shed her light. The stars of heaven won't shine. I used to read it. With a, some some scriptures say the sun will turn into blood, and, and others, the sun, but it always said the sun will be darkened. And in the next phrase, always says, always says, when the appearing of the Son of Man comes in the clouds of glory and I finally got it I finally understood the sun will be darkened because it gets eclipsed by His glory His glory is so glorious that the sun will look like it won't shine it will turn dark in the face of His glory I'm telling you that's exactly what it means we don't know how glorious He is He's going to shine brighter than the physical sun. The sun won't shine. The moon won't shed its light. The stars, you won't be able to see them because of the glory of Jesus coming back with thousands upon thousands, ten thousands of saints coming back with Him. That could be you and I. Amen? So now, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and accept this gospel, which is good news, gospel of the kingdom, shoot your hand up and say, Leo, pray for me. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to have a relationship with Him. I need to make peace with God. I've known this gospel. Maybe it's, maybe this is you. I've known this gospel. I've walked with Him, but I fell away. and My heart isn't where it should be. Slip your hand up right now. Be bold enough to do it. I'm going to pray a quick prayer for you to accept Jesus into your life. The exchange of faith takes place. Then you start a relationship at your level of faith. God accepts you with the faith that you give Him. So just shoot your hand up and say, Lord, I want to pray this prayer. I know there's people in this room that need this prayer. Just slip it up right now. He's most beautiful in all of the universe. It's a beautiful prayer to pray. Don't fight him on it. Just say, yes, Lord, I accept. So if you need to make peace with God, you need to have your sins forgiven. You know that's you. You've been listening and your heart's been going, he's talking about me, he's talking about me. I need to do this should I do this should I or shouldn't I I encourage you to slip your hand up right now I'm going to pray this prayer you're going to make peace with God your soul's going to find peace your heart is going to find absolute peace amen thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus who needs to make peace with God thank you Lord slip your hand up day you will stand before Jesus he's giving you this opportunity now reality the reality is tomorrow's not promised to anyone if you're outside of Christ if you're in Christ I believe tomorrow is promised but outside of Christ there's not does anybody in this room want to say yes to Jesus I'll give that one last moment You can do this at home. You can do this when you're driving. You can do this anywhere you are. The moment you say yes, you kneel down. You say yes to Jesus. Little child saying yes. That's beautiful. How beautiful is that? Little Leo. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. God looks at his heart. Little child willing to say, uh, Me. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you. Beautiful. Anybody else? Just want to say yes to Jesus. Precious Jesus. Magnificent, splendorous, glorious, loving, merciful to all of us. He fully has already accepted you. You just have to accept it on your side. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's stand to our feet. Can we pray this prayer for these people that have said yes? Person at the back there little Leo there thank you Father can we, can we repeat this prayer right now would you do it with me from your heart Father God I thank you for sending Jesus into this earth light of heaven into darkness to die on the cross for my sin I open my heart and I say Jesus Forgive me. I turn away from my sin and I give you my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Wash me clean in the blood you shed 2,000 years ago. I thank you for accepting me as your son and your daughter. Fill me with your spirit right now. Where I am, in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart and mentor with your heart and faith, God accepts you. That's His promise. And anyone that comes to Him, He'll in no way cast you away. He'll never reject you. He completely accepts you. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast.